eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're live. Good morning. Good morning. Let me hit this coffee. C-Mac, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, good morning, Keith. How are you? Trying to uh, wake up myself. I've only been up for four hours with the kids already. So I know me and you are kind <laughs> of, well, you know, we're on the same uh, path, but I'm just, you know, a couple of years down the road. But it's still early mornings, trying to get breakfast in before bus stops, trying to not watch wrestling as best I can. That's where we're at right now. I told you when I first saw you, either uh, DJs or maybe in the office, new respect for you, you having two little boys. Yep. Uh, it's funny, you just said you've been up for four hours, because yep. uh, I, I was up, you know, probably four times, like 12, 3, 6, and now it makes mm-hmm. it four, and yeah. uh, I don't know how people honestly uh, do this. I, I'm learning, but you did it twice, so congrats just, on that. Yeah, you just do it. The, the my, my little guy, Andrew, has a habit of now just walking into the bedroom and staring in my face until I wake up at five <laughs> o'clock and he's just standing there. I'm like, go back to bed, buddy. It's five o'clock. But that's what we do. Well, the kids will wake up. Hopefully the Yankees will wake up. Uh, let's hope. We just played three games in the Bronx. This is the return of Bronx baseball podcast. Myself and C-Mac will take you through the series, take you through the news and everything going on in the Bronx with that baseball team that plays with the pinstripes up there. I mean, there's a lot of hype around those guys, but those guys are not the same without one Aaron Judge. So uh, let's go game by game. Uh, we'll start game one, game two, game three. The one thing I wanted to say, and maybe you'll think of, of something that um, you want to say is like an overarching feeling about um, this series. The one thing I want to say is that there was a lot of talk about, oh, it's not a rivalry anymore. It's not a rivalry right. Oh, this rivalry has no juice. Well, the thing about a rivalry is like how competitive it is and what history it has. And those two things haven't left. And I think when those things come together, you get a wacky series. You always get this like weird energy around the Red Sox Yankees. It it had me thinking about uh, the Blair Witch Project. I'm like, wasn't that up there in Massachusetts? I'm like, there's something weird going on, right? We we had the we had the smoke this week going into it. Then we get into this series, and uh, John Sterling gets hit with a foul ball that pops <laughs> pops up and hits him in the face. Ow! Uh, the the one game, like you know, Stanton was in. Stanton gets hit. Calhoun yeah. gets hit in live BP by Carlos Rodon. In all of these games, there were things like I don't know, Devers going deep on Cole. 
yeah. that pitch that he hit, it's just like what there's yeah. there's errors, there's mislaps, um or mishaps or lapses yeah. and Ment- I don't know. Mistakes. I, I haven't said too many words yet. I've been up for a whole 20 minutes, yeah. but you understand what I'm saying, right? No, now. I agree. Team, it's still a rivalry because wacky things go on during this series and these games were all tight and competitive and that's a rivalry still. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Listen, it's always, I thought it would be the talk about how it's, it's juiceless. It doesn't mean anything. I think it's ridiculous. I still think it's Yankees, Red Sox. But having said that, I mean, if you look at the two teams right now, the Yankees lineup without Aaron Judge and and with, you know, Rizzo in a complete fog, LeMahieu being a 230 hitter and Stanton unable to play back-to-back games, it seems, or at least, you know, and certainly not get into the outfield and struggling off of coming back from injury and what the Red Sox are. And I know the division's great. Everyone's over 500. You watch the Red Sox lineup they throw out there. The two teams, I would have to say, you know, in recent memory, I can't remember a series, especially in June, the first series they've played this year, which is another weird thing with the new schedule. I think this is the longest they've gone into a season without playing the Red Sox since 1996, I heard on the broadcast. So with the new, uh, you know, evened out schedule, we don't play 19 times. For it to be the first series against the Red Sox in June with both teams throwing out possibly the worst lineups we've seen between the two of them in one series in a decade, I have to admit it did leave me feeling a little bit like what has happened to Yankees Red Sox. But at the same time, it is Yankees Red Sox. It's a division rival. And whenever you play a a last place team in your division at home, you should win that series. I don't care who's there. I don't care who's pitching. You're playing the worst team in your division at home. You have to win these games. And it's a disappointing series. And obviously it ends and we'll get to all three games, but it ends with boneheaded mistakes it ends with inept offense. It ends in a disappointing evening where they should have won that game. They had to lead late. Uh, you know, King has now blown a couple of games. If you go back to the White Sox series, so it's it's just a frustrating a frustrating time. Obviously, since Aaron Judge made that great play, we were all riding high talking about it's not just home runs. He's Superman. Look at and from that play on, it's been just a, a, a ten a week of just disaster. There should be a trial. There should be yeah. a lawsuit. <laughs> Los Angeles Dodgers. We get, I'm in. If you want to start a class action suit, I'm in. Yeah, we got to yeah. do something. That was, I can't believe that. It's just something you don't even think about happening. No. And when that happened, I'm like, well, why is there a concrete slab with these yeah. guys running full speed, chasing fly balls? But yeah. either way. Okay, so all three games had the same score. And yeah, uh, I know watching these games outside of the errors and throwing the ball around and uh, you know, some of that stuff. And even like the lesser known guys, like there was a lot of lesser known guys playing in these games, guys that could have been in AAA, you know, a couple guys like like Joe Jacques from my area, Red Bank Regional got the call up. Um, mm-hmm. You're seeing Billy McKinney out there, Jake Bowers, Willie Calhoun. Um, some of the guys on the Red Sox team, I don't, I wasn't too familiar with them. But yeah, what, what I'll say is 3-2, 3-2, 3-2. Those are the type of games they talk about are like postseason games that you got to win close and the pitching's got to win it or one home run or one big hit could win it. Right. So let's go back to the first game, man. Garrett Cole uh, on a Friday night in the boogie down Bronx, toe in the slab. You feel good about Garrett Cole out there. Um, I, I, I honestly, I have no issues with Cole outside of him pitching to Devers, but right. like he's going to pitch to Devers because he's Garrett yeah. Cole. Absolutely. Your I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I understand the numbers. I don't expect him to to just flat out pitch around him. Um, 
Uh, and the home run he hit, uh, it's a changeup down and away, and he hit it to the deepest part of the ballpark. I mean, there are just sometimes special players do special things, and he just – he owns Cole. He sees it coming out of his hand as good as you could possibly see it. So I, I'm okay with that. I thought Cole pitched a pretty good game. I thought Cole, even through his – you know, he had those couple of starts where really it looked back to the home run Cole, but his last couple Dodgers obviously leaves with cramps, but he pitched well in that game. I thought he pitched well enough to win in this game. You know, the, the Red Sox lineup isn't that good. And I understand the idea of this one guy who can beat you and you don't want to let him beat you. But I think aces and closers kind of have that same mentality where they're going to go out and get every. They're not going to pitch around guys. You're not going to put a guy on, especially Cole in that ballpark. I mean, he he's prone to give up the home run. It's a small ball, ballpark. I'm not putting guys on and turning a Devers solo home run into a, you know, a two run home run. So I have no problem attacking him, uh, but he's just – he owns him. There's no doubt about it. He owns him. Cole knows it. It's like uh, Choi with uh, with Tampa Bay had Cole's number G-Man Choi. I mean, yeah, that you, was his nemesis. Nemesis. And now it's obviously, obviously Devers. Uh, they both know it. Devers hadn't hit a home run in a while. Devers has been struggling. He mm-hmm. Cole's the elixir. So uh, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I don't know how else to do it. I, I don't want Cole to be afraid of anyone. I don't want pitching. He's our ace. I'm not going out there and giving into the idea that that Devers is going to beat him every single time, but it sure feels that way. So, so but I have the, no problem going after him. Correction: the second game was three-one. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, same type of feel. You know, same kind of feel, no doubt. Same Close thing. games. You're waiting for someone to make a, a no play. Offense. Waiting for something to happen. Uh, the first night. Um, the other story from that game, I mean, we could go on about Albert Abreu, but they're going to pitch yeah. in there. It's the first game of the series with the bullpen. I'm not an yeah. Albert Abreu fan. I don't think yeah. any exist, but but you understand the move and guys got to execute. Um, the yeah, other story I mean, from game one, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, I mean, a lot of people, I did the show that night and a lot of people were mad about Abreu and I, I just don't understand the anger of it. You know, he's he's got he's had some issues with runners and uh, with inherited runners, but he's actually got really good numbers with starting an inning. They're, they're down in the bullpen. They just played a doubleheader. It's the bottom of the lineup. And this is what upsets Yankee fans. I think a lot about Boone and the way the Yankees go about their stuff is they have these lanes and uh, the idea that he's a puppet and it's predetermined. And I think a lot of it's overblown. But, yeah, there was a predetermined thought. Cole out of the game. Bottom of the lineup to start an inning, we like Abreu in that spot. That was predetermined. That's how the Yankees think. That's how the Yankees do their business. I have no problem with it. He gave up a solo home run to a good hitter. Like, it's that they scored two runs. Like, we, we were focused right. on the wrong things when we get upset about that. Abreu has a three-something ERA. He, he's he's the maybe the worst pitcher in the Yankee bullpen, but he's not terrible. And I understand it's the seventh inning. But it's the bottom of the lineup. You just had a doubleheader. You know, you could argue they went through too many pitchers in the doubleheader. You throw in, and he did it again in game three where he throws uh, Peralta for a pitch. Or you know, So I, I get it. You're going through a lot of relievers. But that's where they were. And Abreu's been pretty good. He throws 99 miles an hour. And that's not why they lost the game. They lost the game because they can't score runs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Right. That's who fans are looking to point at. Yeah. It's either it's, it's either they're, they're pointing at Boone or somebody out of the bullpen, and it's like, listen, he's got to choose somebody out of the bullpen. They got to get it done or they don't. Yeah. And, uh you know, it's a tight game where it's like, hey, where's the run support? So Josh Donaldson hits a homer. I mean, right. Josh Donaldson, when you look at his average, pitiful. Uh, he's down to 143 now, but he's mm-hmm. the bringer of rain, and he's supposed to bring pop. Good to see him homer. Uh, the other story from that game, and then obviously the wild pitch, our, our old pal Yankees fans know, uh, you know, we, we love a wild pitch. If we can get a run across with a wild pitch, we'll take it. But the other yeah. story at the end of this game, I was at yeah. this game Friday. And I left um, right before the top of the ninth. And uh, I heard McKinney get on. And then I heard Volpe almost win it. That uh, home run went foul. And uh, I had hoped that he did it. Obviously, we all hoped that, that he did it. A, a three-run home run would have won the game. But I had hoped he did that because it would have backed the uh, Volpe haters off for a week. Yeah. And this series starts like that. And then also ends like that yeah. with this kid making the last out. So prepare mm-hmm. this week, C-Mac, for no every doubt. Volpe hater to yep. be uh, calling WFAN and telling us that uh, Peraza needs to be up and this kid yeah. can't be in the major leagues anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, the Volpe conversation has been a, a while now. And honestly, I thought that last at-bat on, on Friday night was one of his better at-bats he's had in a while. Despite not coming through, he fought – uh, he, you said he hit the line drive just foul, but we said it. It's okay if he's going to hit 190 while the Yankees win and while the Yankees score runs. Yeah. But if the Yankees are without judge and they're scoring three runs a game and, you know, this whole lineup looks complete, you know, I mean, I th- Rizzo's really the guy for me. But if they're going to go through this and struggle, you can't overlook the 190 shortstop. You can do it when judges there and they're scoring five runs a game and they're taking two out of three against the Dodgers, beating Seattle, and you feel like the team's on a roll. You can live with the shortstop learning on the fly at the major league level. It's a whole, it's a different pill to swallow when you're watching a kid who looks overmatched. And to be fair, that's exactly, and I'm a fan of his, and I'm, I'm still not sure if I'm ready to send him down, but he looks overmatched. He's being way too aggressive early in the count. I mean, you could throw him anything first pitch. He's going to take a hack at it. He's trying to avoid getting down two strikes and he looks overmatched at times and you can't have your shortstop hitting 190 when everyone else is struggling and you're losing games and you can't score runs. So it's you're 100 percent right. The conversation is going to ratchet up. I mean, the the pomp and circumstance of the final out of a game in both two out of the both losses in the series. That's just window dressing. The fact of the matter is he looks over and matched on most at bats and they can't have someone hitting 190 playing shortstop while they can't score runs. It's a, it's, it's going to be an interesting thing, especially with Peraza doing what he's doing in the minor leagues. It's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. There's no argument now. Like he's clearly overmatched. And yeah. uh, I just think he can't play every day. If you got to put Oswaldo out there, even if you got to put IKOF out there, now we have 
Billy McKinney and Jake Bowers, and these guys yeah. are making ridiculous catches, jumping yeah, up. They, I'm like, <laughs> these guys are tracking the ball way better than Aaron Hicks yeah. ever did or yeah. Miguel Andujar or Clint Frazier or whoever was thrown out yeah. there for the Yankees over the years. Um, but, yeah, with Volpe, I, I think uh, these two things are, are going to happen. One of two things. Either he's not yeah. going to play every day, they're going to have, like, mm-hmm. a rotation, or um, he's going to have a hamstring or a calf yeah. or uh, something. <laughs> the Yankees and, are going to lie to us about an injury again? You know, he might just he might just have a, a, a toe, a back, yeah. something. Maybe. Where, you know, they sent him on the IL because I think the, the Yankees are all in on the marketing aspect which also is why I think he's going to play in the Subway series coming up because he's a local guy. Bader, I would like to see in that series, but he hasn't yeah. gotten back. Another local guy. Um, I just think that with Volpe, everybody sees it. The kid did not face much AAA pitching. No. He's facing major league pitching for the first and, time, and they're going right at him. They're throwing him fastballs, and he can't catch yeah. up to him. No, and, and listen, even in the in the, in the uh, video that went viral when they told him he was coming up, they said – you know, you're going – there's a lot of development still left to be had, and we, we just think you should do it at the major league level. Like, I think if you ask Brian Cashman and Boone and some of the guys, they might even tell you that for today and maybe even this season, Peraza might have been the better choice in the short term. But I think they made a choice on who they think is – whether it's makeup, whether it's uh, rising to the occasion in spring training, they made a choice on who they think is going to be their next big player. And they were willing to let it happen at the major league level. And I talk about this with fans, too, because we act like we're okay with this. We act like, bring the kid up. We need some youth. I don't care. Bring him and Peraza up. Send down to uh, Donaldson. Who cares? Cut him. I want both (laughs) kids in the lineup. This is what I want. And then we watch it, and we realize we knew we were maybe not in for 185. I I get that. But we knew we were in for a struggling kid who had 40 at-bats at AAA. It was going to take some time, but we have no taste for it. We have no palate for it. We we don't like it when someone hits 190 in the lineup. So I I don't know where they are on it because I think they expected this on some level, not to this extent maybe, and not in this kind of really inept funk that he's in for the last three, four weeks, even more than that. So I don't know where the decision's made, but I think this is going to be a hard one for the Yankees because once you do it, and and please don't tell me Mickey Mantle was sent down. I'm so tired of that. Right. Like, Derek Jeter was sent down. Uh, Mariano yeah, Rivera yeah, was Rivera's, sent down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this kid was proclaimed the starting shortstop of the New York Yankees as the next big thing off a big time short. At, you know, and the social media angle, everything you just said, it's a major story he gets sent down. And then what if Peraza struggles? Are we going to play this game of, of you know, whoever's playing better in AAA, it's almost like to me. You literally got to where I was going to ask you, like what I was going to ask you. So like, so here, here's the next part, Chris, I want to hear your thoughts on this, right? Because there's a lot of folks saying they won't do that to Volpe as if calling up Peraza, who was Mm -hmm. up before him last year, who he's been around. I'm sure they have some kind of relationship. They competed together in spring training. He won the competition. What are your thoughts about, these two things, right? Them saying, oh, they're not going to do that to Volpe. Like, it's going to shatter this kid's pride. He's a baseball player. He's, it'll be right. fine. And then what if Peraza comes up and hits 188 like we saw him do early on in this season? What if he's not much better and it's a right. back and forth between the two? Yeah. See, that's what – I don't think they'll do that. I think when they – I don't know how else to do it except when you make a decision that Volpe's not ready – and he's he needs more seasoning in AAA, and it was a mis- I, th- there's no other way to put it. They would call it a mistake to bring him up, and you send him down, and then that's it. He's in AAA for the rest of the year, 
And then we'll revisit this in spring training and we'll see if he's ready then. I don't think this is, oh, let's send him down to spring training for two weeks, see if he can get us triple A for two weeks, see if he can get hot and bring him back. I think if they make the decision that Volpe needs to go down, then he's staying there. He's still 21. He's still a young kid. I, I don't envision this back and forth game. I really don't. Uh, even if, if Peraza comes up and struggles, then Peraza is the shortstop who just struggles. I, I really don't think they'll get into this back and forth. Well, he's doing, oh, look, he's hitting 300 in AAA. Let's try him again. Like, I just, I don't see that. I think there will come a time where they make a decision, if this continues, that now Peraza is the shortstop, Volpe's down in the in AAA, and we'll revisit it in spring training. Because he's not, because ultimately, if they're both going to hit 190, everyone says, and what we've seen ourselves, Peraza is the better shortstop defensively. Yeah. So there's nothing to discuss. If they make the decision that he's not ready to hit the major league level, then bring up the best shortstop and see how he plays. And then that's just going to be the guy. That's just – I don't think there will be a back and forth. I think yeah. it's going to be either I, Volpe is the shortstop or they make the decision and then Peraz is the shortstop. I mentioned the marketing aspect. I mentioned the story around him. Uh, the other day I, I thought of you because I was like uh, – Clint Frazier was back. And I was thinking yeah. about Volpe wearing that 77 and Clint Frazier. Should have never on, changed it. <laughs> Clint Should have never changed that 77. On the field with, with, with seeing his own jersey on a guy. And then I was yeah. like, well, at, 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 like, like, at least they changed him to 11. Because if he was struggling with that 77, people would have been hating on him. <laughs> and uh, people would have would have been mad that they bought a 77 jersey. But all right, let's let's move on a little bit for time's yeah. sake. I wanted to get the Volpe conversation in because that's going to be a conversation. It's going to be a big one all week and i really think the the local aspect the marketing aspect all the ties to Derek jeter you know that unfortunately has nothing to do with the production on the field and i think that has given volpe uh, a leg up over peraza who might just be right there with him batting average production yeah. uh, maybe a little stronger arm little better glove i know volpe's had some yeah. errors but volpe's got nine homers and like you know, yeah. stolen bases, 26 RBI. When you look at the yeah. team, only person with more homers and more RBIs is Glaber. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get to Glaber yeah. in the next couple minutes. So game two, Domingo Herman, bro, I just I, – I'm, I'm a pleasant surprise. I'm, I'm more than yeah. content with what I've seen out of Domingo Herman after the sticky stuff, before the sticky stuff. Yeah. Uh, the guy is a guy that has gone through uh, suspensions and fans hating him and – trying to figure it out and figure out who he is and where he belongs. He belongs as a starting pitcher on this team because he's pretty solid and he's got some stuff. And at this major league level, we've seen him be an ace and I've been waiting since 2019 for him to kind of return. He's a stabilizing yeah. force and the Bronx bomber showed up on Saturday night. You get home runs. Glaber hits one out. Willie Calhoun hits one out after not starting game one on Friday. These guys come back and they see it. Well, and that's all the Yankees would need to win that game, um, a bounce-back game uh, to even the series and then get ready for the rubber match. Any thoughts from the second game? Um, who yeah. pitched for the Red Sox? For, for me, yeah, for me, it's Herman. Tanner Hawk. Uh, yeah, Tanner Hawk. Uh, for me, it's Herman. The story of the game is Herman. I know Calhoun hits a big home run. Uh, they win a, a low-scoring game again. But for me – Herman's having a hell of a year. I mean, there's no other way to put it. We can we can dislike him all, all we want, and I understand why and the sticky stuff and obviously what, what happened a couple of years ago. But Herman has been excellent for this team. He's had a couple of, uh, you know, one or two bad games. Obviously, he left him in the lurch when he got caught uh, with the stuff on his glove and on his hand. But, I mean, if you look at it, when he's locating his fastball, 
right now he's as good a pitcher as they have. And that's, that's with Cole. I mean, he can get swing and misses as much as anyone on the staff. He has been terrific for them. I mean, he wins the the first game without judge in, 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 uh, in LA. He comes back again with another big time start here against the Red Sox. He has been really good. And I don't care. Like you said, Rodon, Severino, Cortez, I don't care who's healthy. I don't care who's in this rotation. Herman's earned a spot in it. That's 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 it. Clark Schmidt's done a nice job too recently. But for me, watching this game and looking at the course of the season, Herman's been a big piece to this team. He's won a bunch of games for them, and he's you know they're two wins without Judge. I mean, I guess they have one against Chicago. They've they played seven games without Judge. They have three and four. Two of those three wins have been Herman, and he's been the main reason for them. So I think that's the storyline out of this game for me is Herman wins again. He's been, he's been really good for them. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply stabilizing force and that's what you yeah. want when a guy takes the ball i mean uh other story and not even story but story but other nod i want to give is to guys like higgy and ikf just doing the little yeah. things getting on heads up base running like yeah. you know that's what you need in between guys have to be locked in you know boone said it's going to take everyone and yeah. what i got from that it's like everybody approaching their plate appearances their time on base and every play in the outfield thinking about it because it's going to be that close. We're not going to be able to get by because Judge is just so dominant. Like, yeah. Judge affects so much. He affects yeah. he affects so much in the game. And I don't have to tell anybody that's listening to this. You guys all know. But the Yankees take the second game. And mm-hmm. uh, t- during that second game, that night, we hear that John Sterling wore a pitch. Uh, yeah. Not a pitch, a foul ball. Foul so, ball. Justin Turner takes the pitch backwards into the Delta Lounge. It bounces, and uh, John Sterling's, ow, ow, it really hit me. I didn't think it was coming this far back. And I'm just like, no way. No way did that happen. I was talking to uh, Rosie. I was talking to a couple people from WFAM behind the scenes, and, you know, I knew that they had the Sterling cam on, and they waited, I guess, to, like, make sure John was okay and make sure it was okay if they released it and – once they yeah. did, that video uh, traveled yeah. around. But the first thought I said was, where's the Susan Waldman cam? I want to see yeah. Susan's reaction because <laughs> people always talk about, oh, John is, John's not right. tracking the ball well anymore. He's getting old. Uh, you know, John needs to hang it up. Nah, this guy wore one and didn't yeah. miss a pitch. So, yeah. like, even, even the baseball guys can't take him out. No. Nope. And I would love to have seen Susan Waldman's reaction. Um, yeah. In the booth up well, there with John. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if she. It was the ninth inning, right? So I don't know if she was in the booth. Sometimes she's on the field. She uh, might have been that. already down to get she's her star down. of the game. 
Yeah, I think she I would have loved was. to see anybody's <laughs> reaction because John, you, you see him tracking the ball. Yeah, I, and bounced. then he gives up on it. Yeah, <laughs> it bounced, and, and I don't think he thought it was going to get to him. No, he did. He definitely did not. And then the owls are just. It's now that he's okay, we can kind of chuckle at it. I mean, very funny. He's ow, ow. The, the couple of owls, like he's. I you could tell that because if you ever been in something like that where the unexpected. Like he didn't know how to react because it just totally caught him off guard, and it was just and then yeah with the band aid the whole bit, uh well, the rest <laughs> the, the next night uh, last night so Judge John's went tough. to check John's on tough, him man there's nothing's gonna stop John nothing yeah he said he told they're Judge have, I'm not hitting I'm out. not hitting the IO I'm not joining you on the IO <laughs> weird things but, yeah, man weird things that, happen in the Red Sox Yankees series yeah. so going into the next game. Yankees Twitter is worrying about John Sterling the night before. And then a couple hours before the rubber match, we hear Carlos Rodon hit Willie Calhoun in live BP. Tonight's leadoff hitter, a guy that just hit a homer the night before, who Yankee fans are starting to lift up now. And Rodon hasn't pitched. Yankee fans are looking at Rodon like, you're useless. You're taking our guys out. What did you think when you first heard that? I panicked. I'm like, why yeah, in yeah. the hell would you have Willie Calhoun standing in yeah. against the guy who's trying to get yeah. his control back? He's trying to get right. Right. I mean, I panicked a little bit, but then I really stopped and thought, and I thought, where are we where Willie Calhoun is indispensable? Like that's <laughs> like, you're right. Like, it's like, Oh no, not Willie Calhoun. And it's like, we shouldn't be life or death with Willie Calhoun. It's so unbelievable where they are, but you're right. I mean, he's been one of their more reliable hitters here, you know, since he went on, uh, uh, since Boone went on talking Yanks and said, uh, you know, Willie can bang. He's been really one of their better, more productive hitters as sad as that is. And he's someone you can't mess with. So yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, exactly what you said. My initial thought was there is nobody else they could put in the box to face Rodon. I don't care who it is. Why do we have anyone who's playing that night right. in the box? Like anyone, not just, I don't care anyone. Why is anyone who's going to be on the field? There's got to be someone they can put in there just to, I guess I can't imagine. I can't imagine they're really trying to see if he can get Willie Calhoun out. Just put someone in the box. So it's, he's got a hitter in there. It's, it's thankfully he was fine. But yes, my initial thought was what the, I mean, nothing goes right. As far as injuries, at least, nothing goes right. So the idea that he got hit, I thought he was going to be – I thought for sure he was out of the game and that they were going to be calling up whoever else. We're going to see Floreal again. I, it's like I really <laughs> thought that. I thought, oh, here comes uh, Esteban Floreal because Willie Calhoun's going to be out. I mean, he's a, he's a terrible right fielder. He's a, he's a left-handed yeah. DH. But besides that, I mean, he's, he's so important to them that you're messing around with Rodon. But hopefully at least the news at it – at least you saw Rodon pitch – at least he's throwing a baseball somewhere. He he's, he's, he's not on his back way. Pain. They say the he's on his way. I, yeah, I really, one more, I one more uh, bullpen session, then he's going to get into rehab game. So hopefully a month. Hopefully by the end of June. His stock is down, at, bro. I'm, I'm oh, not. His stock is down. Yeah, I'm I not mean, thinking anything about him. Whatever he is, whatever he can yeah. be, cool. That's that's five years. I mean, we need. He's got to. He's got to make an impact on this season. He has to. He just has to. So I'm I'm kind of excited about it. I'm a little more than I'm expecting it. I'm I'm not I, I'm you're probably right to have it in the mindset of just whatever we get, we get. They they desperate he's the one major improvement they made on the team. Like he's the one. They did nothing else to change the team. I know they had to bring back Aaron Judge, it cost a pretty penny. They did one thing to improve this team from the team that got swept in the ALCS last year, and it's Carlos Rodon, and we haven't seen him. 
So I, 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 I need him back. I have high expectations when he comes back, too. The other thought I had was, hey, good time for Stanton to trot out there in right yeah. field and give it a go if Willie can't go. But yeah. how do you feel about that, man? Uh, we're in a, a situation without Aaron Judge that I've likened to um, – what, how, how have I worded it? I'm like, the Yankees without Aaron Judge are like an NFL team without their starting quarterback. You're watching right. this offense, and they can't move the ball. They can't yeah. get first downs. If they score a touchdown, you feel lucky. Like, if they hit a home run, you feel lucky without yeah. Aaron Judge. So when I see this team, I'm like, who is supposed to rise? Who is supposed to step up? I was going to give Glaber Torres that nod until Glaber folded last night in that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. But Stanton, I'm like, Stanton is a guy that is supposed to come – into the like hit home runs and, and get going and he couldn't get going he had the one bloop single on friday but i think they're still doing the kid glove stuff with him yeah at, they are because this guy's always hurt yeah that's just that's the fact of the matter but to me i mean i think it's the overarching theme of the whole series to be honest with you and even going back to the white Sox series Guys need to step up, and I'm looking at Giancarlo Stanton, and I'm looking at Anthony Rizzo. I understand he got his neck banged up against the Padres. He has not got a hit since Aaron Judge has gone down. That's unacceptable. Yeah. There are times I, – I, listen, I get it, and Boone in the press conference is saying, hey, look, it's just – you know, he's going through a funk, the inevitabilities of a season. I get that. It can't happen now. He was Rizzo going good. He was, he was going, going good, good this year too, man. I know. It, but it can't – he cannot go hitless – while Aaron Judge is down. Not if this team wants to win. So you say it feels lucky, and I agree with you. You know why it feels lucky? Because it's Willie Calhoun. It's Bowers. It's McKinney. It's IKF. It's Higashioka. Like, those are the guys who are coming through with the, the rare instances that we score some runs. Tre- those Trevino are the names that are off the base. Trevino off the base scores two <laughs> runs. Otherwise, we weren't scoring anything last night. That's why. If Rizzo were hitting home runs, if Donaldson were coming through, if Giancarlo Stanton was ripping doubles in the gap, we might not feel like, oh, this is just lucky. But those guys who make a ton of money and are supposed to be, you know, if Aaron Judge were here right now, they, they'd score better and maybe they would have taken one of these two losses against the Red Sox. But they're not having a dynamic offense with Rizzo doing nothing. They're not having a good enough offense with Giancarlo doing nothing. Like these guys have to be there. And the minute he goes down, they have to realize that Rizzo, Stanton, they can't. This is they, it's not fair. It's not it's not realistic, I guess, necessarily. But they have to step up. Rizzo cannot go hitless. And then he can't get picked off second base, trying to get to third base with two outs and already in running scoring position with LeMahieu having a 2-0 count. Got to lock in. That can't happen. Rizzo, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. That that bothered me more than the Torres thing, more than anything else. You cannot, with two outs, and I know LeMahieu's hitting 230, but you've got prolifically one of the better hitters on the team, contact the ball, uh, bat the ball skills, with a 2-0 count with two outs, and you cannot get lost on the base path. like, And you can't go over 30 and get lost on the base path. Rizzo is absolutely killing them right now. He's killing yeah. them. It's, well, we'll, it's, we'll close there, man. Uh, lack, lackadaisical. You know, I was going to add Glaber Torres just when oh. you want to say he's stepping up. He's – He's being the star. He hit a home run Thursday. He hit another home run um, Saturday, and he's leading off. And, you know, just when you want to start praising that guy for leading the team, people are even giving him nods as the uh, AL second baseman in the All-Star game. You know, just as you want to start saying Glaber is doing what he's supposed to do, he has a lapse. 
And yep. uh, that's the game. So the Yankees lose a series to the rival Red Sox. And it ain't good. They lose to the White Sox and the Red Sox. Those are not good teams. And no. talk about, like, <laughs> the Yankees were in people's power rankings coming out of L- L- L.A. as a top five team in baseball. Yeah. No, I mean, look, as angry as I am, and we are, and I, uh, you know, it's 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 a scary thought right now. They're heading into this Mets series. They're going to face two pitchers who are Hall of Famers but uh, struggling at the moment. I still would just – I'm trying to just take a step back and relax. It's been seven games without Judge. They're three and four. Uh, my expectations playing without him is 500. Right. If they could just if figure out a way, that, great. if they can, if they can, <laughs> that, I mean, and that it sucks to say that, and it's not where you want to be, but hopefully it's a month without judge max. They've already, they're already a week into that. If they could just figure out a way to still hover around that 10 games over 500, when he gets back, if they're nine games over 11 games over, if they can figure if no worse than like eight or nine games over 500, when he comes back, I'll figure it, they'll figure it out from there. So it's a three and four without him. Not good enough. They need to score more runs, but they've gone three and four without Rizzo doing anything, without Giancarlo Stanton doing anything. That has to change. And the pitching has been pretty good. Schmidt's kind of locked in. We just talked about her, uh, Domingo Herman. Like, the, the pitching has been good. You know the bullpen's pretty good. I mean, we're upset last night about, you know, you know they don't have the you know he's he's going to Ramirez he doesn't have the infield in he does you know we're all worried about like things like that and I get it but the fact of the matter is the offense stinks right now the pitching hasn't given up more than three runs in this stretch like that has to be good enough to go better than three and four so uh, against yeah, your I mean, rival against your rival so I'm I'm trying as as frustrating as last night was and as as desperate as you know the offense is right now I'm trying to take a step back. It's three and four in the seven games without him, and that's with the middle of the lineup and the guys who are paid millions of dollars to be the accessory to judge and be the guys who help the you know build this lineup doing absolutely nothing, and that has to change. So we'll go into a Mets series against a team that's floundering worse than us uh, against two pitchers who have been. You know, the the not only the the thing that's supposed to be the driving force with the Mets, they've been the absolute failure of the Mets. So you can't let Verlander and DeGrom, uh, DeGrom excuse me, can't have Verlander and Scherzer get back to their old selves against you. You got to figure out a way to score some runs against those two guys. Yeah, Severino better figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a big start for Severino. So you got Cole and Seve against Scherzer and Verlander, two prime matchups, even without the two best sluggers for their respective teams. So it should still be a, a fun couple of days. Yeah, misery loves company. So step right up and meet the Mets. Subway Series, yay. We'll be back Thursday <laughs> with wait. another episode. Hopefully we split and don't lose two in City like we did to start last year. Subway Series, but it is what it is. For Keith McPherson and Chris McMonagle, K-Mac and C-Mac on BXB. Yeah. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We're back. That's all we've got. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on Twitch as well. You'll hear us on WFAN. Have a good Monday and rest of your week.